Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you really cute? Sorry. I, I, I oh, it's all right. so good. Recorded live. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Philosopher's Stone, uh, episode five with Jack Baxter. And we may be changing it to a brand new uh, series call on its own very soon. But for now, we'll keep it here. But tonight we're going to talk about um, consciousness and, you know, some ghosts and stuff and depression and how to get through it and how to, you know, keep moving ahead. And, of course, we're going to talk to Jack Baxter, the man who always gets his satisfaction. (laughs) Okay, everybody, you all know what I mean. He 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 doesn't quit. I shouldn't even say that. I should say the man who never quits. I might have to rechange his name, his nickname, but I do like the man who always gets the satisfaction. But what I mean by that is he doesn't quit. He doesn't give up no matter what the um, obstacles or the battles in his life are. So, therefore, that's why he gets the satisfaction. Because he will tell you, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have adversity. We all do. So with that, we're going to bring Jack on. He's going to speak to us about how we can use consciousness and religion to get over depression and barriers and, um, what's the other word, adversity. So with that, let's put Jack on there. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Al. uh um, well, again, I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk with uh, your audience in regards to things that are just such a great concern, adversity, uh, depression, religions, religions, religion, and, and consciousness. Um, you know, we're, mankind as a whole, we're in a pretty tight spot, quite frankly. Right. Uh, we have a lot coming down on us all the time, continuously. And in fact, that's one of the reasons people pretty much give up. Some folks just give up and just say the heck with it, and they turn to drugs, alcohol, and all the other stuff because life can be so overwhelming. But life is designed to be overwhelming. We all want things to be a lot easier, a lot better, but life is geared where you have to make things a certain kind of way, and you have to have adversity. You have to have difficulty, and unfortunately, you're going to have some depression. Now, depression is to me, honestly, I don't, I don't have depression. I'm not to say I'm immune, but my thinking supplants depression because my mind is always busy. If you have a busy mind, you don't have Depression. Depression is based on idleness. And when you or your mind is idle, you have a lot of factors, a lot of thoughts, and so forth that begin to penetrate your consciousness. And before you know it, 
you don't want to do anything and you don't want to go anywhere, you don't want to talk, you just want to sit and just stare. But you know, it's interesting about the thoughts that come to you when you're depressed or the thoughts that come to you in general. One of the greatest secrets to know, and maybe it's a little hard for some folks to believe, but it is an absolute what I'm going to share with the audience. You are not your thoughts. You're not. If you say you're your thoughts, then you'll say you're the chair that you're sitting in, or you'll say that you're the table that you're eating at, or or you're the shoes that you wear. Thoughts are like a bird. They land on your mind like a bird lands on the branches in the tree. Ironically, your brain is like the branches on the inside as far as the different structures and so forth. The key to any thought is what are you going to go with? Are you going to go with a thought? You have good thoughts, you have bad thoughts, and you have the thoughts that are in between the two. Now, you have to learn to separate from a thought. That's not an easy thing to do. Life doesn't teach you how to separate from thoughts. Well, you can get busy doing something. That will help. But the best way to separate from a thought is to observe the thought. Watch the thought. Question the thought. For example, you have a thought, you're depressed, and you have a thought that says you're, you're no good, you're worthless, you can't accomplish anything, you're a failure. And most people will listen to that thought and they'll begin to believe that thought. That's a very evil thought. It's not you. It's just something that's trying to pull you down, trying to take advantage of you, trying to take advantage of you, and so forth. Well, you know, to how to observe a thought like that, again, is you question a thought. When a thought says that you're you're never about anything, you 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 know you you're a failure and so forth, ask the thought. Well, what do you mean that I'm a failure? Let's have this conversation. I mean, the thought's telling you this stuff, so make it talk with you. You say well, you say to yourself, well, wait a minute, how how's that possible? It's possible because the moment you start questioning the thought, the moment you start having a trying to converse with the thought, a magical thing is going to happen the thought is going to stop because that's unusual. The thought wants you to just lay there and take it, take that psychological beating on and on and on again. But the moment you stand up and you question a thought and you want to explain yourself in more detail how you are such a failure, and then you ask the thought, well, have I ever had any successes at all in my life? Now, the thought doesn't want to hear that. It just wants to belabor Anything negative, but when you want to, you bring to the thought about let's talk about something positive, that and everybody's done something positive in their life, then the thought is going to stop. And then what happens if you are not watching, it's going to come back. But when it comes back, you bring more questions back. And after a period of time, guess what? The thought is going to disappear, it's going to go away, and you will not be depressed. Your mood is going to change because now you've done something. You see, we live in a vast universe. We don't really understand what's really going on. There's a whole bunch of things going on all the time around us. 
Unfortunately, we can't see what's really behind the veil. There are those that want to help you. They want to help you, but you have to earn their help. It's just like, you know, if you got someone that you know who doesn't do anything, he's not about anything, he, doesn't, he or she doesn't want to work, they don't want to make an effort, chances are you, you're not going to help them much because it's a waste of your time. But if that person's really trying, you care for that person, and they're having a difficult time, you're going to, you're going to, leave, you're going to lend a helping hand as a rule if you care for that person. But there are those around us, you can call it your, your angels or your some certain spirits or whatever, they're there to want to help you, but you have to put yourself in a position to be helped. So the moment you start questioning thoughts that are taking place in your mind, and they're not your thoughts, they're just entities talking, they're going to watch you question, and they're going to be amazed that you've come that far to see what's really going on. And then they're going to comfort you. They're going to help you. And again, before you know it, you're in a whole different state. The depression is beginning to be lifted. Folks, I can tell you, this works. Absolutely. I believe that it does work. Um, but there are books like As a Man Thinketh, So Hell, So How He Is. or so, I forget how that goes. But you know what I mean about that book. Do you remember yeah. As a Man? Um, do you remember who it is? Because I can't remember how it even the last part of it is. So a man think as he is. Yeah, there you go. But see, your so, thinking and your thoughts are not the same. Okay. See, this no, is no, another I... trick. Your thinking is something that you are using. A thought is happening all by itself. Yeah, you know the what? Thinking that apparatus, sense. It's a thinking apparatus is, is a process. You're thinking. Okay. There's activity there. Right. But a thought just comes. That's true. That's true. Oh, see, but see, this is a trick that's being played on us as people. We don't think that deep. We don't push ourselves enough. And it's unfortunately, unfortunate that thinking has become the lost factor in our lives. People don't want to think anymore, and that's bad. That's real bad. People want other people to think for them. They want it to be easy. They don't want to make the effort. And if you don't make the effort to think, then you will lose your thinking and thoughts will dominate you all your life and you will be depressed oh, with no yeah. hope. And that's when they talk about hell on earth. Okay, that's why people totally lose it and find themselves just in a real, real, real bad situation. But one thing about the thoughts, once they, once they focus and and in your minds and so forth, you can't you can't get away from them. They're, everywhere you go, they're there. They've got you. But see, the, as long as you're thinking, and again, so when you when you question a thought, you're thinking. Two factors are going on there. The thought process is going on, all the various thoughts that are happening, and then you got you you kicked into the equation out with your thinking. So it's true. So a man thinketh, he is. So you think and you understand that you're not your thoughts, then your thoughts don't have the same power over you. People have committed suicide behind thoughts, committed murder behind a thought, committed rape, I mean, a drug addict behind thoughts. But when you observe a thought, you step back and say, wait a minute, where did that thought come from? We said that from, all of us have said that from time. Wait, 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 where did that thought come from? There's just a moment then we go back to not realizing it's just a thought. 
but you concentrate and you observe that thought and you make that thought tell you exactly what it's talking about. What are you talking about? And I promise you, it will not talk. It doesn't want to hear that. It wants just you just to sit there and listen again and just take it and knock you down and knock you down and have you totally depressed that you can't do anything. And it's a very dangerous thing to let those thoughts just have reign over you. So when you think, then you change the thought process. Well, one thing I've noticed in my life is that I give up a lot. and But there's something, even though I'm not on the level where you're at, there must be something inside me that even even though I go through these battles and I give up constantly, I always come back and start fighting again. So if I don't know how to do the things you're doing yet, and yet I still come back, and I'm sure millions of other people do that, and they, they keep coming back, what is it that... Being that we don't know what you know yet, and we're we're kind of in training or whatever, how is it that we're able to kind of force ourselves back? Now, that's so a real, thinking. real, 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 real good question. That's a great question. It really is. It's a very I mean, deep. I got question. a great question out there. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's it's. I mean, that's a that's a universal question. Okay. Because as you as you state, we've all. Then I want to share with you guys a, a secret. It's not too deep, but it's deep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Your body is a house of three stories. You have the intellectual center. The mind is at the top level. You have the emotions at the mid-level. And you have the moving and, and instinctive on the third level. So this is your house that you live in. The red light can close your eyes and be in your house and say to yourself, my eyes are windows. And when I open up my eyes, I'm going to look out of the windows of my house. That's interesting. Now, in that house, there are many that live in your house. We have the illusion that there's only one that lives in that house. But there are many that live in the house. And if you listen, they all have different intonations, they have different voices, but they all call themselves I. Now, you have good eyes, you have bad eyes. You have young eyes, you have old eyes. I. And I say I because they say, well, I this and I that. For example, let's say you've got grandchildren and your grandchildren come over unexpectedly. And all of a sudden you see them and you say, oh, I love you, kids. I love you. Well, let's just say you're at a party and you overhear someone who is saying something negative about you. I can't stand that person. Now, there's two different intonations. There's two different beings that are talking. That's incredible, but it's true. And they are legion inside of us. The vast majority of them don't want to do anything to help you. There are those who want to try to right your ship inside your house. Now, 
There are those who give up all the time. There are those that are not really that strong, but they're there. They convince you to give it another try. But if you work with them and if you observe them, then you will give them more strength. But first you've got to know about them, and now you do. Okay? There's an old, there's an old doctrine. It's called the doctrine of I. And all the different, and psychologists call them multiple personalities, which I think is a bad way of describing it. You know, multiple personalities. But in a sense, I guess it is. It is what it is. But the best way to observe, to, to understand it, based on your question, is you have, you set a course that you want to get something done, then you say, oh, the heck with it, then you give up. Well, that I has convinced you to give up. But now you've got something else that says, wait a minute, you can do this. It's a whole different eye. Give it another try. And now you're going to give it another try. And if hopefully if, if hopefully you get another one that kicks in and supplements the one that's helping you, and you get on a roll. That's how people get on a roll. Unfortunately, most people don't get on a roll, and that's why things are so out of whack in this world, why people are just, you know, they just can't figure it out. That's a great thing to know about your house and what's inside of your house. And if you can hold on to that, then that will save you a whole bunch of grief down the road. So that's yeah, why yeah. Al, that happened. Well, I want to become better at this because there's something about me that I know you already know. But it seems bizarre to say, but this is the Philosopher's Stone. But there's something inside of me that says even when something is considered impossible, somehow it's achievable. And there's no real reason to really make sense of that. But I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I think it was last week, yeah. Just last week, uh, Hillary Clinton, whom I hope, by the way, (laughs) I hope she wins. Boy, I pray she wins. But she was in Pittsburgh, and what I wanted to do was cover her as press and um, film the event. And there was no legitimate reason, being that I'm in public access and she's located in New York City and what have you, um, her her campaign. There really wasn't any reason to expect that, number one, I would get in touch with them in time, and number two, I would get what they call my press credentials. So I thought, well, I'm going to keep trying. I really want to cover her, and I'm going to keep trying. So there's just no way I'm going to stop. And... Ironically, it happened. I I got the credentials. They sent it back to me through an email, and I got the credentials. Well, a funny thing happened that day, which is, of course, Annette has no updated state ID. So I thought to myself, well, I wonder if the Secret Service will let her in, because she has the ID. It's just just expired. And so, ironically, she was able to get in. So what appeared to be impossible actually came into fruition. So I guess the question for you, the statement that I made relates to my question, Jack, 
how is it that so many people somehow find a way to do what is considered an impo- is impossible, but then the other thing is, I believe that the statement is correct, that through God or through a higher power, uh, all things are possible. So, in fact, how can you elaborate on that? Because cause I, there's no real reason I should have been able to get there, but I did. Okay. Well, let's just say there was something bigger inside of you that was connected. As, you know, there's nothing easy about anything in this world. Okay? No, that's Again, true. The fact of the matter is that you really desired it. You're in this. You're in this industry. This. This is. It's not like Jack was going to try to get this. This is right. Al, right. and you have, I'm sure, done it before. And let's say, right? Okay. So therefore, you laid some tracks as far as how to get it done. And so, since you've done it before, then the law of attractions brought it into equation where you you were able to get it done. Now, there was no guarantees it was going to happen. No, no Okay, I'm, I'm just saying, but you put yourself, and I believe it's Annette, is it? Yeah, Annette. You put yourself in Annette in a scenario based on what you have done before, and she was able to get it accomplished. Now, could Jack have done that? Probably not, because I don't have any tracks laid down. Right. I don't have any associations as far as that aspect of business laid down. Right. You do. Therefore, you plugged into what might have seemed impossible, but you knew something inside of you knew that it was possible because otherwise you never would even tried it. That's true. Okay? So, therefore, there was, an, there was you know, when I was a, when I was a, in, in a closure, closing deals and so forth back right. in my younger days, I would always do what's called the assumed close. Okay. The assumed close is you make a statement and you assume that the person is buying it and you go ahead and do the contract. Okay. And you know what? Sometimes it works. Because people see that this is your motion, this is the way you do business, and I want to do business with this person and so forth. And there's a universal law also connected with this. The fact that I've laid tracks, I've done this before, why not? Boom. I expect it, and it happens. Now, some people can't make a close like this. Oh, no, i got to tell, get more information. I, you know, about, then, therefore, you cancel yourself out. But you knew inside that there was a chance, based on what you have done previously, based on the tracks that you had laid previously as far as your profession, that you had a chance for it to happen, and although papers weren't right and such and such, the fact that you've done it before, there's an old saying, once you taste the butter, you can taste it again. Oh, yeah. And that's what you've done. So then if if that's the case, Jack, explain something to me. Is it because I've never yet tasted butter in business that I'm having such great difficulty seeing myself or achieving it? Is is that part of the the um, equation? Well, 
the, the equation is this. Business is business. You have your business that you know very well, but you've done business. Right. Now, when you go into something else, you've got to try a little harder. Right. You've got to be more prepared. You've got to be more determined. You have to anticipate things that are not going to go well, and don't let it phase you. Just keep moving forward. That's part of the equation. It's like when you first start doing, trying to do a push-up, you've never done one before. I promise you, it's hard. Yeah. If I you ever... don't ever want to do it again. Right. And the second time you try, it's going to be hard. The third time, it's still going to be hard. After the eighth and ninth time, guess what? You're doing push-ups. Mm. And now you're stronger. You see, we we have a tendency, when things don't go right the first, second, or third time, or whatever, we oh, gee, what's this? Now I'm never, I'm never going to get my break. It's just too hard. Keep pushing forward. Right. That's Although what you're I don't here know for. if I'm physically up to doing push-ups. But <laughs> well, you you understand the analogy. Yeah, I understand the analogy, though. I do. Absolutely. I do. But I just that's... brought that up just because of, of my medical condition. But, but I no, do no, understand, no, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, so... You, what you do is you set your course. Okay, listen, I've never done this before. Okay. Now, it may take me five or six or eight times or ten times to get it right, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to get it right. Therefore, I'll get my satisfaction, as you would say. I'm going to wow. get my satisfaction because I'm in it for the long haul. I know this is not going to be easy. Who's kidding who? I've never done it That's before. True. That's true. Let me set my course. Let me get my compass. Let me, let me get this thing right. So, and if I set my course, oh well, you know, first couple of times, so I'll, so I'll, I'll make a lot of money, or I'll, I'll do, I'll be as good right. as these guys have been doing it for years. Who's kidding who? It doesn't happen that way. No, it doesn't. You have Ooh. to learn your craft, and you have to be patient, and you have to fight yourself because the only competition you really, I tell folks, the only competition Jack has is Jack. Right. Okay. Because I got to fight with that guy and all those different things to me that, that, that don't want to push themselves. Now, you got to get out of the way. Oh, it's going to get done. Oh, come on, Jack, you're tired. Take it, you know. Just, no, 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 no. We got to get this done now. We're not going to be denied. Now is my time. I'm going to push for it, and period. I mean, I am not. I remember, let me just share this story with you. I, I, was, I was new in Denver. I got in Denver from New Jersey back in 1978. And I was working for this uh, finance organization, and I was, I was trying to. I had X amount of dollars I wanted to make in a month. Right. And I set a course. Now I'm a season closer, okay. So, but I had one unbelievably tough month where I couldn't hardly close anything. Mm. But you know what? The last three or four days were like magic. Everybody I talked to, I closed. Wow. And I surpassed my objective. Now, many would have given up after 20 days or so, 20, 23, 24 days, right? right oh, man, right. it ain't working out. But you know what? I figured something was something that was, there had to be something great behind all of this that was preventing me from reaching my objective. Right. And, my, my, and if I kept at it, I was going to be a stronger person. Okay, I was not going to be weak. Only time I was going to become weak is if I gave up and started making excuses and started saying, oh, life is not fair or these people don't like me because of this and that and all. That's just silly. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't care about all that. Life wants you to stand up, measure up, draw the line in the sand, and make a mark. Okay? Let's make something happen. That's what it's all about. Let's make something happen. And again, and you expect it not to be easy. 
if the tougher it gets, the tougher you get with you. And if you do that, you're going to be just fine. Well, sure I'm that. working on getting tough, Jack. I'll tell you that. I, well, um, that's where it starts. you got to work on it. Yeah. And, that's, and, and you got the bright attitude. You're working on it. Therefore, you will achieve it and accept it. Now, this is okay, and I'm going to get back at it tomorrow. I'm going to hit at it hard. I'm going to come at it, you know, and that's the way it works. And, again, all we're going to stop anybody, see, God made us a special way. He really did. He gave us all this adversity, and he wants us to measure up. So when we cross over, we cross over in strength, not weakness. Right. How can you be strong if you don't have adversity? If you don't have, if you're not up against it, how can you be strong? You can't. You're down here to become stronger. Right. So everything that comes at you is a good thing. As long as you keep a clear attitude and realize what's going on. If you think, oh, you're being picked on and life is not fair, then, you know, hey, you got to take an adjustment. Well, I think that, you know, it is true a lot of times that you 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 are picked on or quote unquote and life isn't fair but at the same time I think you need that because if you don't have that how are you going to know what you should appreciate when you have it thank you I mean Absolutely. you know for me I'll give you an example for me when I finally start doing well in those other businesses that I won't mention especially the one um, for me, that's going to be a lot of satisfaction, knowing that I, I finally figured it out or I finally got there. Now, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know that there's a part of me that every time I quit, I can't quit. It's like, it's almost like, this is the weirdest thing to say, but it's almost like there's, like you said, there's more than one person in you. Because there's the part of you that wants to quit, and then there's the part that's saying, wait a minute, why would I do that? Why would I quit? How can I quit? And if I quit, what does it mean? You know, I've been going through struggles most of my 52 years, but I never felt like totally quitting. I mean, I've been through a lot of ringers, but I've never felt like totally quitting because, you know, I don't care if it is quote, unquote, impossible. I demand that I make it happen. I guess you could say in some bizarre way, I'm a little like Thomas Edison in the sense that he didn't give up, and it took him over 9,999 times. Well, I don't know how many times it's taken me because I haven't counted, (laughs) but I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not quitting, even if the odds are insanely uh, high. But one thing, Jack, which I need to ask you is if you have nearly impossible odds statistically in any business or or anything in life, but especially in a business, how is it that people consistently are beating these odds? I mean... We always have new industries. We always have new inventions. We always have new separate, you know, um, technologies and, and and things like that. So how are these people, in your opinion, beating the odds? Is it because they tapped into the consciousness and through God or 
in your opinion, what exactly is it that's allowing them to beat the odds, the, the impossible odds? Well, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors involved. Uh, there's no doubt about that when you bring in that kind of a scenario. Right. Uh, but the, the the main factor you have going with you is to have a, a an incredible determination that you're not going to be denied no matter what. And you know, then all, believe it or not, as I stated earlier in the conversation, there are those there are beings that are invisible that are looking around, watching us, watching. They're assigned to us. Uh, again, many women probably won't believe that, but I know it to be an absolute fact. That is so true. Wow. We're not alone. We're not alone. And when you really put forth the incredible effort that you want to have something, you're not making excuses. You're staying as positive as you can. You will get help because we all need help. You will get help, and you'll be able to reach your objectives. And, and so, you know, again, it's never going to be easy. And then the night, the great thing about it is once you've gone through that kind of a gauntlet, you're going to be a much better person. Now you know yourself more so. You've got a whole new array about you and what you're about, which would have been virtually impossible without going through what you went through. That's why, again, adversity is good. Because without it, we just wouldn't be, we could not become worth anything. So it's about resolve, determination. You know, you, you, you set the course. You expect that, you, see, this is a big thing. You expect to be set back. See, this is an unfortunate thing about us as people. We set a course and we don't expect to be set back. Right. Okay, some people say, would you leave us negative if you think you, if you think in turn of being set back? Why would you, how can that be possibly negative when it happens? You didn't cause a setback, life did. Right. So now it happened and you expect it to happen, so what can you do? You get back up and keep moving forward. Now, if you don't bring it into the equation, when it happens, then you're bummed out. You're you're depressed. Then you think everything's against you. Then perhaps you even quit. And you may may not pick up the tools again. But, again, you set the course. And like a good captain of a ship, he sets the course to a certain place. He brings in all the scenarios that may happen. Then a storm may come up. You may have to veer around and go and, and set himself back three or four days or a month. Okay? But that's what he has to do. Is he going to get it? He doesn't like it. But you know what? So what? It's, this is life. Pick yourself up and let's go. Let's, let's get it on. So that's how people overcome great odds is because they have a determination. They've seen the big picture, the comprehensive, and their approach. Therefore, they're going to be successful. Well, I, I tell you, I'm not even close to being there on that, that ride yet. Uh I need to find a way. I might need to find time when you're free to talk to you on your personal, uh, you know, outside of the podcast, at least maybe once a week, because I'll tell you, uh, those are things I'm definitely going to need to really try to comprehend and actually get good at. But I'll tell you something that I did do earlier, which is unusual for me. I, I actually took and started reading the actual Bible. And I was watching, I was reading, I think it's called Psalm. And uh, it, it was interesting. And it was pretty interesting to me. But, uh, you know, I've always believed in the higher power. So hopefully I can tap into this. One thing off the subject I have to say is, you know, we have a fan from somewhere in Colorado who has been calling in every single week. And I don't know who they are. 
And whenever I unlock, the, I mean, unmute them, they never say anything. But uh, I happen to appreciate them, and I'm, I'm tempted to unmute them now, but since they usually don't uh, answer me, I think what I'll do is I'll do a quick unmute, Jack, but I do appreciate them. I think they just like to hear what we have to say. But if they say hi, that's okay. And if they don't, that's okay, too. Let me go ahead and unmute them for a second. Uh, Colorado, do you want to say hi or stay quiet? And uh, Okay, I figured it out. They want to stay quiet, Jack. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting that they're here every week, and I really appreciate that. You know, I've been trying to figure out if it's one of the people from our business, and we won't mention the business, but it seems that it would be just because every week when we do our other podcast, the Friday one, you know, there's a couple of Colorados in here. So I I really thought that it was uh, the gentleman that starts with a T, but he said it wasn't. So that was interesting. But I just want to thank Colorado for being here. And and I want to say something to the audience. You know, Jack, I got to tell you, I am probably one of the most unusual talk show hosts in the planet or on the planet, possibly in history, in the sense that I break almost every professional and um, – how do I put it? Break the rules almost all the time in the sense that, you know, they say you don't talk about yourself. You don't bring up things that are sad. You don't show weakness. And, you know, the problem with that, and in theory, I agree with that. I, I don't want my followers or fans or anything, anybody like, not think, but person like that to think that. But, you know, the reason why I tell the truth and I'm so genuine is I don't consider myself, now wait until you hear this, this is going to sound off the wall, I don't consider myself a talk show host in a way I do, but what I really consider myself is a man or person who's on the airwaves, but my mission, all of my missions are to be as genuine and real as possible and help people in their lives. And, you know, you might think, well, if if you show weakness, how does that help? Well, in my opinion, and you can elaborate on this, Jack, but I think showing the weakness as opposed to to always showing strength is just as important because if we are not human and we are not genuine, then what are we really telling our audience? That our lives are perfect? But nobody's life is perfect. You know, I know a few years ago, there was a talk show host, and he kept picking on people who were drug addicts. And yet we come to find out he was addicted to, you know, prescription drugs. So he was, in my opinion, he was, number one, he was he was a hypocrite, but he was disingenuine. So if I come on here and I shock the the podcast world by telling you, oh, man, I feel depressed or whatever. You know what? There are going to be times when I do feel that way. There are going to be times when 
I feel stronger than Superman. But what I won't do, even though if it breaks all the rules, is I will not come on, pretend to be somebody that I'm not, and I will not lie to all of you. Now, where am I strong? How? Where's my strength? My strength comes from never giving up completely. I've given up many times in my life, and I'd be lying to you if if I didn't. Uh, but, you know, I need more training from Jack. I need to get it on my own also. But I'm not going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I don't care what transpires in my life. I'm going to always do my best. It may take a while, but always do my best to either have my show, my podcast going, my blog going, or hopefully, good Lord willing, uh, being on TV or something, because we need a real person. And let's be honest, we have some very good, pretty genuine talk show hosts that have been out there. I think Steve Harvey's one. I think uh, Alan's one. I think that Oprah's one. But I don't think any of them, and I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like they've ever broken the barrier to show their weaknesses or their weak spots, or if they have, not much. And um, I'm not saying what I'm doing is right, but I am saying it's honest and genuine. And I'm going to stay strong by showing the truth about me. But with that, I want your thoughts on what I've said, Jack. And then I want to tell you, before we get ready to close, because we're coming up about seven minutes to ten my time, uh, I want to go into the another weird situation that I had with the other side. <laughs> and I mean, it was weird. And it wasn't even a human this time. But uh, with that, Jack, I break all these rules. Do you think ultimately it's going to empower my career, hurt my career? Am I wrong to do it? Am I right to do it? Give me your thoughts, and I'm listening in. Well, Al, it comes down to this. First of all, this is your show, and you've been you've had your show for some time. Oh yes. And you you control your show as you see fit. Now. There's always a pro and cons to everything in life, a yin and a yang, you know, and so forth. And you got to keep your balance between the two. You know, I think people can respect you genuinely for the fact that you are one of us, as they say, okay? And the vast majority of people have all that going on, what you're talking about. So when you bring it to the table, they can relate because, hey, we're all human. So that's the good thing. One thing you definitely don't want to do, you don't want to, you know, come on and show crying the blues and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and all that, I mean, that that you don't want to go into. But to, to, to show that, yes, you know, I have good times, I have good days, I have bad days, and, you know, the, the philosopher's stone hours is to talk about these kind of things and so forth because life is, life is a tough nut. Let's face it, it really is. Well, let me ask you, Jack, haven't I been crying the blues a little bit? Not really, no. You've just been expressing yourself. Oh, okay. You know, I haven't haven't heard no muddy waters in the background, have I? Are you hiding? No, 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 no muddy waters. (laughs) No muddy waters. (laughs) Uh, So the point is is that, you know, again, 
you know, life is what it is. And what I try to bring to the table is you can't change life, but you can change the way you take it. That's pretty powerful stuff when you reflect. Life is going to hand you whatever it's going to hand you, period. But you can always change the way you take it. And how do you, how do you change the way you take it? It's by preparation, by expecting life to throw you a curveball, by expecting life to be difficult, because it is. Now, there are good times also. But at the same time, if you want to become the measure up to anything on this planet, you've got to deal with your difficulties. You've got to have resolve and determination and lick your tears or wipe your tears away, whatever it is you want to call it, and let's get into the game. Okay, because life really don't care about all that other stuff. It, it wants you to measure up. Okay, it wants you to man up or woman up, whatever you want to call it. Right. It wants you to, get in, it wants you to have some resolve and let's get on with it. Because life is short. If you live 150 years, it's still don't even measure by based on time. That's true. But again, you're in the game. Think about all the folks who come in the game and they're not in the game for a very long time, like little babies. They, they That's leave true. Or, you know, youngsters. You're, you, you've been given a chance. You know, I mean, and what more can a man or woman ask for than a chance? That's so, true. again, it's not, it's not about, it's not, it's, the key to life is how you deal with it. You can't change it, but you can change the way you take it. And the right. way you take it is based on how you're prepared. When you get up in the morning, you expect things to be a certain way. You're going to have difficulties. So when they show up again, it's not a big deal. You work through it, and you get through it, and you'll be a better person. Now, so can you give me an example, like when you say be prepared for it? Uh, give, can you give me a Jack example that something maybe that that uh, happened to you? Well, you already did tell us about uh, when you were you were closing some kind of company you were working for. So when you say be prepared for it, you mean like, for example, if maybe you had ordered some supplies and they don't show up, you find an alternative way? Is that what you mean by prepared? Or can you give us an example of what you mean by prepared? I mean, well, I know you've got to expect adversity, but when you say prepared, that's slightly different. Right. Well, the thing is this. Okay, I get up in the morning and I set, I set a course for my day. Okay. Okay. Now, at the same time, when I set my course, I'm going to set up, well, what can happen that can prevent me from reaching my objective? Okay. I'll bring all these things into my consciousness. I'm fully aware of all the scenarios that could possibly pop up. Okay. Let's say I want to get, let's say I'm going to talk to, Z manufacturer, T manufacturer, right. in regards to a certain luggage, using this as an analogy. And they imply that they want to buy what I have to talk about. Right. So, okay, now if I go in there and say, oh, well, gee whiz, they already said they want to buy, and oh, man, I'm going to make a lot of sales. Hey, these guys are going to buy, and that's all I'm thinking about. Guess what? They're not going to buy. Okay? And then right. I'm set back. I'm depressed. Right. I'm upset. Right. You know what? Guess what? I'm gonna. In, I'm gonna. In in my thinking, I'm gonna think like this. I've got a goal. Now, what if they don't buy? How are you gonna deal with that? What if they? What if they're not interested in what you talk about? How are you gonna deal with that? Okay. So you got to have the backup. 
So now that I'm prepared, whatever happens, I can deal with because I I come in fully aware of all the possibilities that can take place. Right. So I'm not going to get set back. Okay? Okay. I'm going to get the job done. Uh, Let's just say I've increased my chances of getting the job done. Okay, but when you say you're going to be prepared in case they don't like what you're selling, when you say prepared and you're aware of the fact that they may not like it, what would be your backup in that case, to give me to give the audience an example? Well, a backup would be, for example, I'm going to get my best price. I'm going to, I'm going to, wait, I'm going to wait for my best price towards the end. For example, I've got some range with my product, let's say. Right. Okay, so let's say I'm going to offer it, I'm just as an analogy, Right. Let's say I can go down to three hundred dollars. I want to start off with let's say four twenty-five because I want to make a commission, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I start off. I give a. I give a. I give a thousand-dollar presentation. Right. Okay. To make it seem it's worth that. Right. Okay. They tell me no. I've already brought that into the equation, so now I've got a backup. Okay. So now I'm going to give them another thousand-dollar presentation to justify why I'm going to give you a discount. Okay. To make this deal happen. That makes sense. Okay. So, again, I'm prepared, aren't I? Yeah, you're prepared. Well, I need to talk to you and you and I a lot more. <laughs> i got to get myself prepared. Well, uh, let me ask you this, Jack. I know it's 10 o'clock now, but do you have about another four minutes for me to tell you this uh, Absolutely. paranormal thing? Yes, indeed, please. All right. Well, Colorado, hold on to your shoes. Now, I have to preface this by, it was it was when I was a child, and it was very unusual. When I was a child, we used to go every certain holiday, I think it was Memorial Day, we would go to the local cemetery where our deceased loved ones were. Well, my dad never drove a car, and there were hills, and this was one of the largest cemeteries in the area. So one year we had gone there... And there was this dead dog in the middle, well, not in the middle of the cemetery, but at this one spot in the cemetery. And, you know, we felt bad, and we seen bugs and flies or whatever flying all around it, and we felt bad. It was like a, um, almost like a, not a poodle, but like a Yorkshire, black Yorkshire dog. I remember, I remember the color and everything. And we saw this dead dog, and sure enough, we walked up the hill. I believe the first time we saw the dog, it was on the flat surface. So we keep walking, and and I was one of the first to notice it. And I don't even know if my sisters and my dad did at first. But in any case, we keep walking, and we get up to the mid-hill. And then here again, at a totally different place, was this dead dog. And, you know, there's flies around it again. Okay, I'm thinking, okay, were there two different dead dogs that looked the same? All right, that was weird. Kind of freaked me out. I told my dad and my sisters. I was like, um, how did this dog get over here? Did somebody move it? <laughs> okay, so then we go all the way up to one of the big hills. And up there, well, you guessed it. In a third different place was the same dead dog. And I, I think we only seen it three times, but I'd like to know how does a dead dog get to be three different places in 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 a cemetery? And it was the weirdest thing 
Well, one of the weirdest things that ever happened to me in a cemetery. But what do you think of that, Jack? Isn't that bizarre? Well, again, no doubt. That was extremely bizarre. And who knows what was really going on. Yeah, that was really weird. Something had to be going on. Well, you know, something was going on, there's no doubt, but who knows what. Uh, I don't know, but I know one thing is nobody moved it. But go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying that, you know, anything is possible in this world. And, oh, yeah. You know, so you can't rule anything out uh, as far as what was what's going on, why it happened, and so mm-hmm. forth and all the rest of it. You know, so, uh, again, here it is. Now we're near this this uh, this this uh, celebration or the holiday, or you know, we'll call it whatever you want, this Halloween aspect. Right. And, you know, so forth. And and looking at the history of how this whole thing got started is quite intriguing within itself. Right. Uh, you know, and so forth. Of course, we've Americanized it and, you know, made the trick-or-treating and you know, people showing up in costumes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe in all these things do exist. Some folks don't believe that there's ghosts. Uh, some folks don't believe there's demons. Some folks don't believe there's God. You know, that's yeah, true. that's true. That's true. Yeah, some people don't. I think, I think all things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, yeah. So who knows what was going on. I've seen strange things in my lifetime, you know, coming up and what would you say is the strangest thing you've ever seen in your entire life? If you had, well, any uh, I've seen a lot of strange. But let me just share this one in particular. I remember uh, this was a long time ago. I was just a young man. I was probably about maybe oh, maybe ten, eleven, twelve years old. And I was coming home from fishing. It was late. It was dark. I was coming up Wayne Street, and there was a cemetery, the old Soldiers and Sailors Home. Okay. Uh, and it was a back then. Then this is a really old cemetery. It's back in the days of the of the. Uh, uh, there was graves from the Revolutionary War. Wow. Uh, the Civil War. Oh my. And when and through the first war, and I think they stopped burying after first after World War One. All right. And I will never forget. I was coming home, and I I. Looked out of the corner of my eye, and I thought I saw something floating. And I looked, and there was nothing there. And I was walking. I saw something out of the corner of my eye floating, and I just kept walking. And I turned abruptly, real sharp, and there it was. It was a ghost-like figure just floating, going through the trees. And I closed my eyes and shook my head and opened, and it was still there. So, obviously, I hurried up and got on home. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, so, uh, but I never forget that all my days. Uh, that's just one of those things that will be with me. But, again, you know, as I got older and, and began to understand, oh, to be to be afraid is, is a form of weakness. And there's nothing to be afraid of. When you're afraid, just like if you're afraid of a dog, a dog is going to bite you. If you're afraid of an insect that's landed on you, going to sting you, chances are it's going to sting you because you send out that hormone. You send out that energy out of your body. You know, you attract it. And so uh, the best position to take, it's not easy, but the best position to take is just stand up and and man up or woman up or whatever you want to call it. Because we are a very special creation. God made us really special. He did. He gave us so much. If we knew what we had inside of us, we, we couldn't be the same people. Because we would find a way to harness it. We would find a way to tap into all the magical things that God has put inside of us. But being negative, being 
being jealous, being, you know, trifle, trifle, you know, I mean, you know, and all this other stuff, uh, hateful. You cancel things, wonderful things that are in you. You cancel them out. You know, so, uh, again, fear is not a good thing to have, but some folks are just afraid. Yeah, um, well, we got, I, got, I got some work on that one myself a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, it's not easy by no means. But you know oh, what? No. Life is way too short for all that. Get on yeah. with your life, man. There's, there are beings that are fortunate looking out after you. If, you. if you're worthy, if you, if you measure up, they will help you along the way, and you'll be a good person. Well, man, Jack, you were right about one thing. One, well, more than one thing, but one thing, another thing you were right about is I do feel better than I did at the start of this podcast. There you go. See that? Excellent. Yeah, yeah. you're Very a good, good man, Jack. You're a good soul. And and perhaps there's others in the audience that feel a little bit better, too. How's that? I believe so. But one thing is I want to say, because I know we're going to go in about two seconds here, I really appreciate every caller that comes in. And of course, we'll be here again next next Thursday. Um, Jack, let me ask you before we go: Do you think we should leave the Philosopher's Stone right where it is on on the Humanity Matters series, or do you believe we should make a special call for it? Let's leave it on. Let's leave it on Humanity Matters because this is about humanity. Why not? That's Sir? true. That's true. Well, another reason is I don't want to lose our Central Colorado caller. I don't want him, him or her to have to look for us. I appreciate right. that person. Right. So we'll do that. Yes, absolutely. Let's leave it on this. Let's leave it on on this podcast. And your other listeners that have been listening to you for years, they can always tune in and you know get yep. some get some input. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, for tonight, I'm going to go ahead and close out and say good night. And then Jack. Um, I hope to speak to you hopefully within the next two or three days. I know how busy. Absolutely. Well, I definitely will be talking to you on Friday because you have sure. to be on our nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time one, or there won't be any satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> we need our satisfaction. <laughs> but at any rate, everyone, um, yes, that is a, a different podcast, and you would look up. Um, well, I can't even say because then that would be cheating and saying the name of the business. So. But I do have another podcast. It's at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Friday and every Friday. And if you will go to TalkShoe.com and um, just go there when it's live at 9, you will be, if you can click on Live Now, you'll be able to find that podcast. Um, but it's dealing with a video gaming industry, and it's a very exciting situation. That's all I'm going to say here. But with that, remember, everybody, that you and humanity and all forms of life really does matter. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.